This is Morgan Hazelwood, back again with more writing tips and writerly musings. Today I'm going to be sharing with you notes from one of my favorite panels from Worldcon 75, built upon the shoulders of giants. The panelists were Jeffrey Carver, Alex Axe, also known as Alex Wells. The moderator was John Oliver, and I think someone else was on the panel. Oh, right. A guy named George R.R. R. Martin was on the panel. So the panel started off by asking the panelists, where should one start? With the world or with the characters? Tolkien created his world first. George R.R. R. Martin and the rest of our panelists created their characters first. So which is right? Well, as with so much in writing, neither way is better. Just whatever works for the story you're currently trying to write. You may have heard this before. So we next up, we asked our panelists what their favorite approach for creating a magic system was. Martin prefers his magic to be truly supernatural, not just fake science with a formula. Magic that trifles with forces beyond this world, unknowable, uncontrollable, with the chaos feel of elder gods. In Tolkien's stories, Gandalf rarely resorted to true magic on screen, unless he really needed to. In magical worlds like this, people could try to codify the magic, but that doesn't mean that they're right or that they got everything. The other panelists agree. They like their magic special not just a formula out of a D&D manual. So what about the flip side? When writing science fiction, how close to magic can your science get? Well, we can bend the rules of physics, but we have to keep it at least moderately plausible for scientists or we're gonna lose them. After all, what are hyperspace and wormholes, if not science fiction's method of time travel to freeze time, let us travel generations away and show up tomorrow? Uh, when you think about the real world, remember the concept of plate tectonics has only been around for like 50 years. Until then, we didn't even know how continents formed. Just because there's a capability or technology that we don't know we can do doesn't mean that we can't figure it out eventually. Let anything you want happen, just try and root it in reality, at least a little bit. Next up, I actually got to ask the panelists a question myself. Um, it was based on the description for the panel, and I felt like they hadn't quite addressed my personal question. What makes a world stand out to a publisher? Come on, people, I made this world. Why don't you love it yet? Publisher John Oliver, the moderator, chimed in with this one, that there are two things you want to avoid. First off, don't make your world too complex. Secondly, don't make your world too simple. Great. Well, most fantasies do have a pseudo-medieval feel. It's been done. Try something new. Some stories are too excited to tell you all the history and the world and the science. 
that they neglect the characters in the plot. So you just got to strike that happy balance if you can find it. Good luck. So Martin says to create a world that stands out, make it your own. If you're writing something based on historical places, just write a historical fantasy. When you're inventing a world, you quote unquote, gotta turn it up to 11 and do a left twist. Wait, that's right. You knew what I meant. It's hard to figure out. The advice basically sounds like, how do you win a race, run faster? But if you can figure it out, it's magical. So in these fantasy and science fiction worlds, what is the importance of consistency? Well, it doesn't need to be consistent with reality, but as I've said before, it must be internally consistent. And remembering what you wrote earlier can be a challenge. George R. R. Martin finds it difficult. He's blundered into people who help. The people who run the Westeros wiki have been very helpful for him on his later books. The site is unvetted by him, not authorized in any way, but it's usually right. He has notes, textbooks, and a DOS computer with search replace capability. But most of his world building is in his head. Thanks to some trick or curse of memory, he says that he remembers his fake world far better than the real world. Sometimes I wish I could do that. Another method of keeping track that many authors use, um, Jeffrey Carver, one of the panelists said especially, he likes to have a spreadsheet with all the names and places and their descriptions. So once you have a world and a publisher and your books out there, how do you convey world and plot building information in a sequel? Assuming people want more. Well, Alex Axe said, an info dump is only an info dump if the reader doesn't care about it. If you interweave it with the story, maybe have a new character tell and explain things from their point of view, you can make it interesting again. Show what the characters do and filter the world building in, but only as needed. As a writer, you do need to know more than the reader about the world, and if you insist on including it, you can add appendices and indexes and footnotes. But George R. R. Martin says using info hints, not info dumps, is a better idea. You don't have to share everything with the reader. The final question on the panel was more of a back and forth and summarizable tips like I normally share with you. There were other authors quoted, but I'm going to put it in here because I think you might enjoy the conversation. Do characters mess with your plot? Martin said, yeah, they can be bossy. Sometimes they're wrong, but usually he just goes with it. Carver mentioned that Jane Yolen, when writing one of her stories, found out partway through that her character was gay. No clue. Didn't see it coming. But when the character speaks, you must follow. Connie Willis is quoted as saying, if my characters get uppity, I just kill them. To which Alex Axe replied, it's true, characters can be assholes. Then George R. R. Martin replied, 
killing your characters? How horrible! And with that, my notes for this panel are done.